Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. You know, we love doing this show for you every single week, but doing the show is not free. So if you enjoy the show, we ask maybe uh, consider helping us out a bit and supporting it. You can do that by becoming an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com. EPP means extra podcast person. You get an extra podcast for your support of the show. Every single week, we send you a brand new one. And you get access to our past archive of EPP episodes as well. Right now, that's more than 15 bonus episodes along with the weekly episode that you'll be getting every single week for only five bucks a month. If you like the show, help keep us on the air. And become an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com today. And thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. On today's show, students gather to prepare for an exam, but when one student vanishes, there are more questions left unanswered. After an encounter with a mysterious girl, a young man returns home to experience a fatal illness. Was this the work of a djinn? People are protective and territorial in life, and one ghost shows that he is that way in death, too. Could you continue to date someone who is knowingly possessed? We'll hear of a very different love triangle, and tragedy plagues a couple, and the evil spirits that consumed their home remain where it once stood. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. How are you? I am uh, ready for the holidays. You are? I think so. Okay. I, uh, I think I have all of the shopping done. I think almost. There's, yeah. a, there's a few food items I need to get yet for our little Christmas Eve soiree, but other than that, uh, I think I'm good. I think so. I have your gifts in those boxes right over there. The Amazon boxes? The Amazon boxes? Yeah. I almost gave you a little bit of one earlier today, but I decided against it. I was like, no, I should just wait. I should be patient. A little bit of one? Well, yeah, I can't really, ex- I can't go any further than that, but yeah. Okay. But yeah, I but because I I do that, I get gifts, and it's like, oh, it'd be really fun to just kind of give some of this right now if it's like a couple things that kind of go together or something. Uh huh. Um, but uh, I uh, I just kind of stopped myself. I was like, okay, no, I'll wait, I'll wait. Well, there's like a whole fifteen days. I think we can handle it. I think so. I think so. Um, I need like one of those chocolate calendars. An advent calendar? An advent calendar. Okay. Yeah. That's what those are called. I know. Yeah. I, I had one as a child. Okay. Actually, you know, we had one in our, uh, I think it was like first grade classroom. And uh, <laughs> it's funny because every single day it was like an argument over who got to open the thing. Because there's one piece of chocolate and about 32 kids. Well, that's not fair. No, it really wasn't at all. I think like it was, it was originally set up where it was like... One kid could open it every day, but as first graders go, kids are sick on inopportune days, and the kid who's supposed to open it that day is sick, so who gets to do it because they might get two pieces of candy, and it was just, it was a mess. Yeah, it sounds like it. That was my introduction to advent calendars. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. But it'd be fun to have one around here. 
We'd have to have two, so we don't have two little squirrels fighting over one treat. Or I could just eat it in front of them. I could open it and go, Daddy's going to eat this chocolate right now. And then have two crying children. You think that would work out well? Yep, that would be pretty special. <laughs> Happy holidays from the Brewski household to you. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. If you like the show, tell a friend about it. Share a link on Facebook or Twitter. Of course, your support is what keeps our show alive. So uh, please uh, do support it if you can uh, by uh, by sharing the love about our show. Let's uh, kick off the show today with a call. Lewis writes in. Hi, Tony and Jenny. I want to start off by saying that I've looked at this encounter through various angles, but remain convinced that I did indeed encounter a doppelganger. Ooh, this should be interesting. I think so. Okay, so this happened back in 2011 while I was still in high school. I was taking AP Spanish and the exams were coming up. Uh, And to better prepare ourselves, uh, better our teacher decided not only to hold a mock exam on a Saturday morning, but also make it a huge part of our grade. We didn't have to pass the test, just show up was all. Anyway, it was around 9 in the morning when I got to school and uh, being a bit early, I decided to go into class and just sit down and relax a little. As I walked into the classroom, I looked over uh, to my left to see my friend Juan helping a couple people rewind tape recorders that were going to be used for the exam. Now, normally Juan would come up to me and we'd give each other high fives and say, what's up? Okay, this is clearly the 90s. Yeah, very much. Remember that? I hated that. But this time he just waved and said absolutely nothing. I found it a bit strange, but it didn't seem too out of the ordinary, so I didn't think much of it at the time. Fast forward two hours. I was so busy focusing on the test that it took up until the end to realize that Juan wasn't sitting with our group, like he usually does. In fact, it took me that long to realize that I couldn't see him anywhere around the room. So I asked out loud if anyone had seen him. My friend Carlos was uh, the first to respond, saying that he had seen him in the morning as well. Suddenly, a girl from the table across from ours turned to us and told us that she had seen him as well. Her friend looked at her with a confused face and said that Juan didn't show up at all and then showed us the text messages he sent to her to prove it. Maybe not so much the 90s. Text messages? Well... And they're still doing what's up? Really? Are we really that... Maybe we're behind. (laughs) Is it coming back? Did texting start that long ago? I'd say mid 2000s like 2003 ish if you were i mean then that was probably your kind of dorky if you're doing it i don't know maybe it's coming back god i hope what's up is not coming back probably not i remember at that point that i saw him next to a kid named pablo when i walked in so i went over and asked him and he confirmed that he saw one as well I know there are many possibilities. I know that there is a huge chance that Juan did, in fact, show up that morning and uh, it is uh, and is only denying it to mess with us. But I think that happens. Ne- what happens next is proof enough, at least for me, to prove that he didn't come in that morning. So fast forward to Monday morning. First thing I do is flag Juan down and ask if he truly did not come in on Saturday. He denies it. I go on all day badgering him and pushing him to tell me the truth. He remains adamant that he did not come in, but I still don't believe him. Then, as we're both walking into the AP Spanish room, the teacher stops him at the door and tells him that he is sorry because he lost Juan's test. Then Juan tells him he didn't come in, and the teacher, looking dumbfounded, tells him he saw him. 
Juan had the opportunity to lie and get the pass on the test, but instead he told the teacher that he didn't and instead failed and ended up getting a D because of it. Honestly, don't think he would go that far if he were telling a joke, especially one that so badly reflected on his grade. I believe on that day, we didn't see Juan. We saw his doppelganger, and I can never erase the image of it, looking up at me and waving. This experience has led me to always ask people if they believe in doppelgangers. Do you guys? Thanks. If you read this, I absolutely love your show, and I listen to it at work and every chance I get. I would think so, and I think this is a case of something paranormal going on, because not all the students saw him. But enough did, where it wasn't just one person that was going crazy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I do believe in it, because there's so many... I mean, I believe in almost anything after doing this show 170 episodes in, which I count it. You count it? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's so many things that we hear of, and I've heard some very bizarre, disturbing doppelganger stories on this show from uh, everything of a wife coming home early from a business trip and the husband having sex with her to the next day the wife shows up going, oh, I just got in, and oh... Yeah. Well, who was that last night? And he had dinner with her with friends and everything, but she was kind of quiet. Uh-huh. Just the most bizarre story. Um, uh, to many other doppelganger stories. So, yeah, I think it exists as far as what it is, why it is. I have no idea because there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of rhyme or reason to it. Like, a lot of doppelganger stories don't seem to be very nefarious in tone. Mm-hmm. You know, where they're not, like, out there to really fuck with you or really mess up your life. I mean, I suppose if you slept with another woman who was a doppelganger, that could kind of mess with you a bit. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, other than that, it's not like they're going in and burning your house down or doing horrible things to your pets or, you know. Right. Anything like that. Um, it just seems kind of like they show up and they go away. And a lot of times they act very similar to the person themselves, just a little bit more reserved than the real version of the person, which is kind of this the case here, where it's kind of acted like I'm a little bit off, but it, 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 they act like a person on an off day. It's so puzzling to me because my thought was, well, maybe doppelgangers are an evil entity, you know, that's using something that's relatively innocent, like a fellow classmate, to gain access to people, mm-hmm. or whatever the situation may be. But like you said, nothing ever really comes of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get some stories now where it's like, well, guess what this doppelganger did? But And let's get some of those. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Um, but a lot of the doppelganger stories that we've gotten, just, they've been fairly, you know, just kind of there. Totally puzzling and bizarre and weird, but not all that, you know, vindictive or evil. No. So, um... I believe you. I don't know why or, or what or how, but yeah, it, it happens. So that's, that's about all I can say to that. And kudos to Juan for being honest. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I would have been like, oh, I'm going to take advantage of this one. <laughs> I would have. I would have been like, yeah, I was here. You lost it. Oh, I studied so hard and long for that. Thank you. I'm, I'll just, just, I'll take the A. Thanks. You're a different kind of student than I am. Yes, I am. Totally. Yep. I am a totally different kind of student. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other thing we were talking about the what's up yeah and I made an observation um, 
I could see it coming back because a lot of the generation that uh, would be in high school, you know, in the last couple of years probably has no recollection of the original was up and how annoying that was in the 90s. And suddenly it could make a revival where it's like somebody just kind of saw it on YouTube or something and went, oh, that's really funny because it's brand new to them. It's been that many years. Yes. Just the same as GIF Images yeah. made a revival. They died out a long late 90s when all of us got sick of dancing babies and bizarre animated images. And they made a revival when the generation who has no recollection of the dancing babies and hor- horribly animated images started learning how to use computers. It's like, oh, this is so neat. Look what these images can do. Why is no one doing this? Because we already did it once. Yeah. Been there, done that. <laughs> exactly. So, just a thought. Chris writes in, I guess you could say that I was introduced to the world of the occult at a very young age, and it's always been a big part of my family's tradition coming from Iceland. Having this pretty much ingrained in me, I become sort of obsessed with learning everything that I can about the occult and paranormal worlds. I even have a tattoo of a planchette on my right arm. To get to my story, when I was 19 years old, my girlfriend at the time and I were lying in bed. She was in my arms, and I assumed that she was sleeping, but I was still awake at this point. The room was completely dark, except for the light that seeped through the slats on the horizontal blinds and the street lamp outside. We were positioned facing this window, and as I uh, stared at the ceiling, I began to notice a shape that was blacker than the darkness of the room forming in the top right corner of the ceiling above the window. This black mass began spreading like an ink blot, engulfing the walls and spreading over the blinds, blocking out the light that peered through the window and creeping towards us. A feeling of dread washed over me and every hair on my body stood straight up and my girlfriend, whom I assumed was sleeping the whole time, began to tremble. I asked if she saw this too, and she said yes. We watched silently as it slowly engulfed the rest of the window, the ceiling, and began creeping down the wall behind us to the bed. That was when we got out and ran downstairs. At the time, I was still living with my father, and needless to say, the energy in that house had always been pretty negative. We decided to leave and go to her house for the night. I never told my father about the mass, but I believe that it was the manifestation of all of the negative energy that had been building up there over the years. Why it chose to appear that particular night eludes me. I've lived in several cities and many homes and apartments since and continue to seek black masses or see black masses and shadow people on a semi-regular basis. This leads me to believe that it could be the same entity or entities but I have yet to figure out what they want or why they're following me. Thank you for taking the time to read this. I guess I'm just wondering if anyone else has had a similar experience and or know what they want. Well, we've had a lot of similar experiences, and I don't think any of us know what they want. No. But I I hate to say this, but it almost sounds like he's haunted. You know, if it seems to be the same one following him. If it's not just, you know, relegated to one building or geographic area or whatever the case, I could see it being, there's something following you. Yeah. I don't know why or what. That may be something to do a little introspection on. Uh, But uh, we can certainly open that up a little bit more on the message board. 
um, since they're asking for some more advice and what the thoughts are. So somebody wants to start up that thread and, uh, you know, get that going. Hopefully we can maybe bring some thoughts to that situation. But the good news is, if it's a shadow person, most of the time they don't really do anything other than freak you out. And eventually kill you in your sleep. No, but that's they all. No. don't do that. <laughs> they don't do that. So I'm, what I'm getting at is there could be worse things to be haunted by. That's true. There are. So. There's plenty of, yeah, pretty horrible things that we've heard about. Right. I agree. 855-853-4802 is our number. If you like the show, please consider supporting the show. That's all we got to keep it going. Our EPPs are really the lifeline of this show. It's five bucks a month. As a thank you for being an EPP, we send you a bonus episode every single week and give you access to all of our past EPP episodes. So, you know, if you've been listening for a little while, you enjoy the show, you know, five bucks a month. It's, you know, the cost of a couple sodas or something from the vending machine. Uh, or the cost of one soda, depending on where you're using a vending machine. Uh, just go to the website, realghoststoriesonline.com, and uh, click Become an EPP. And uh, you'll get all those bonuses, some great, great bonus episodes, uh, and uh, the satisfaction knowing that you are keeping this show on the air. Uh, check it out, realghoststoriesonline.com. Sabrina writes in, hello, Tony and Jenny. I am a teenage witch. She does uh, not uh, say that. Uh, uh, Talk about did, the 90s. Did you ever watch that show? Some. Was that a show you enjoyed? Not really. Admit it. It was like on part of TGIF. It was. I didn't watch it, though. No. I it, was, it was like after I stopped watching TGIF. I was done by then. Yeah, I was too. It was like kind of the latter. The TGIF I watched... Uh, there was like two incarnations of it. The original was the original. Do you remember the order of shows? No. Do you? Yes. You would. Full House was the first one. Then it went to Perfect Strangers. Then Family Matters. And just the ten of us. See, I think TGIF was a different order where I was. Later it became... Well, Full House moved to Tuesday eventually. Yeah. Uh, I believe Family Matters kicked it off eventually. I'm trying to think how it went. Gosh. Step by Step was on there. Yeah. Then Step by Step was a little bit later in it. Yeah. What the original didn't have Step by Step in it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I miss the days where just the 10 of us was in that. Yeah, there was like the very early... And the, the last slot was always kind of a rotating show. It was like just the 10 of us hanging with Mr. Cooper. There was a show called Going Places that was in there. Um... There might have been one or two other just bizarro ones that came and went. Yeah. It was a hard slot to fill, it seemed. Okay. But uh, there you go. That's your TGIF trivia for the day. <laughs> TGIF. Okay, anyway. Continuing on. Sabrina writes in, Hi, Tony and Jenny. I wanted to tell you about a story my mom told me about her brother. My mom and I, uh, my mom was one of 16, Jesus, one of 16 children growing up. Wow. Uh, in the 1950s with my uh, nan, who also left on her own at an elderly age to bring everyone up on her own. My granddad wasn't uh, a great man. Anyway, <laughs> he certainly liked having children, though. <laughs> That's a keen observation, Tony. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Must have been before birth control, you think? Anyways, my mom was young, but old enough to remember what happened to her eldest brother. My nan and her kids moved to a new area where no one knew them. One day, my mom's eldest brother 
Wahid decided to go out and for a stroll on his own, as he usually did in the case that it was uh, to scope out the area. Walking long distances wasn't unheard of, and you really didn't have any other option when growing up in a poor family. Nevertheless, the boys were all looked after as the future breadwinners. On his uh, walk down the deserted road, he heard a young girl call his name behind him. He turned around and saw a young girl dressed in white, standing a fair distance away, with a white dog staring at him. He was puzzled and didn't recognize this girl, and he didn't expect anyone to know his name in this new area. So he turned back around to walk a few steps as he heard the girl call him again. This time, when he turned around, she was gone and there was no sign of the dog either. He walked back to the spot where she stood and could see no footmarks of her or the dogs in the dusty road. Wahid was the eldest and arguably my nan's favorite child. According to my mom, Wahid returned to the new house and sat with his mom, looking scared and in shock. He explained what had happened in a few words and and exclaimed that he didn't know who she was or how the girl knew him and that she disappeared. He had run home and was sweating and in a panic. Shortly after Wahid collapsed, he became very sick, running a high temperature and refused to speak for months. He seemed terrified and in shock, and he could only respond to his mum. However, his words were limited to ma, meaning mum. Doctors came, no illnesses could be established. After a while of caring for him, Wahid died without any explanation. No one knows why this healthy young man suddenly became so frightened that it took his life. My nan was always very sorrowful and mournful of her son dying in this way. She lived until 93 and passed away a few years ago. In the Islamic faith, much like the biblical faiths, we acknowledge the existence of jinn. Jinn is another being made from fire, which humans can't necessarily see, but we believe they can make themselves appear to humans through possessions or as an apparition. And oh yeah, they can see us apparently. Some jinn are good, some are not so good, but they coexist alongside us. We are also taught not to provoke them or summon them like people may do with Ouija boards. Could he have seen a jinn? Or was it possible he frightened himself to death? It was so long ago and we only have the stories of my nan and her siblings as an account of what took place. I thought you'd find the story interesting. Love your show. Hope you read this out. Happy holidays from the UK. Keep up the good work. Sabrina. Okay, I've never heard of a gen before this. Had you? I ever... have. Okay, all right. I don't know much about them, but I have heard of them. Is that a term for something else that we more commonly talk about? No, I think her description was pretty adequate. Okay, for what at least for what I know of it, which is fairly limited. Okay, but it sounds right in line with what I've been aware of. But it's it's within certain faiths and religions and beliefs that these things exist. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of there. There's, there seems to be, I don't know if there's good and bad ones or if they're all kind of just bad or there or what, but. Well, it sounded like she said there's some that are good and some that are not so good. Sure. I I am, you know, I almost wonder if it's just honestly just another term for a ghost. Yeah. And just in, in one culture or faith, that's the word that's used Mm -hmm. for, um, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, or what would really differentiate a ghost from a jinn? Right. I don't. I mean, maybe maybe someone can clear that up. Um, but to me, it almost just kind of sounds like it's another take on the word jinn. Another take on the word ghost. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's something I've never heard of. But I did sure. wonder since he got sick right after he saw mm -hmm. her if there's the possibility that maybe she was a symptom of his fever, meaning that, you know, you know how if you get a high fever, mm -hmm. you can kind of start to see things. Yeah. yeah. So not saying that I'm discounting the story, but mm -hmm. it just it's interesting that it all aligned the way it did. With an illness and then seeing things. Yeah, I mean, that would be the logical take on it. Yeah. Um, but if there's other things that are at play here, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's it's hard to know. Thank you for the story, though. We really appreciate you writing in. Our phone number is 855-853-4802. You can uh, call in your real ghost story 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you've not already done so, please press subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to us on. That way you won't miss an episode of the show. They go directly to you as we release them. Jessica has a letter. I've always seen ghosts, spirits, spectrals, etc. When I was young, I would scare my uh, foster families, knowing too many details about people I could never have met. When I was nine, my mother was able to get custody of my brother and I back. We lived with her and her boyfriend at the time in an old house that used to be the servants' quarters for a mansion next door back in the 1800s. The home sat back in a canyon against a hill. It was a beautiful home, and we were close with our neighbors. We had only lived with my mom for a few months when one day my mom had to uh, run to the store for groceries. I didn't want to go as I was, I was in the middle of my book and convinced her I would be fine on my own for the 20 minutes she'd be gone. She said okay and took my brother with her. It was just my dog Allie and me now. Our house had an older gentleman spirit who looked after his kids. He was never violent and didn't speak, but would smile and sometimes, if it was cold, would tuck us in. We had very little activity from him. He just got used to it. So that day was uh, the first time that I had ever been left alone. Allie and I were curled up on the couch and I was reading my book when suddenly Allie jumped up and started growling. Allie never growled and was the sweetest dog to everyone. This incident, though, she was growling and began snarling with the hairs on her back standing completely on edge. When I finally dared to look upon to see what she was upset about, in the corner of the room was a figure standing in the doorway. At first, I thought it was the older gent, but this gave off a horrible vibe. I was frozen and didn't know what to do as I had never seen anything like this before. Allie was still going nuts and standing in front of me in a protective way. All I could do was stare. When out of nowhere, the thing was sucked backwards up the stairs and Allie came back over me, still growling but calmer. I thought it was over. I was about to go back to my book when the big 100-pound oak door that went between the living room I was in and the stairs slammed shut, then flew open and all the doors in my house began to follow suit. All the doors kept opening and closing. I screamed because I couldn't see anything causing this, and Allie was going nuts. My neighbor was home and heard my screams and cry for help. She ran over and saw the doors inside my home opening and closing on their own. She was able to get our back door open and grabbed me and the dog, and we bolted back to her place. As soon as we were out of the house, I felt instantly better. When my mother came home and heard what had happened... She thanked her neighbor and brought me home. She sat down and told me that she was not leaving me alone again and apologized. 
I didn't understand why it wasn't her fault. That night, I was falling asleep in my bed. The old gent came in my room and sat on my bed. I wasn't scared, but I was on edge, given the day's events. I asked him if there was anything I could do for him, and he leaned over me and whispered in my ear, The bad man is gone for now. Be careful. They were the only words he ever spoke to me. To this day, I'm curious about any shadow people, but I do not doubt that I was approached by something far worse than the friendly spirits I had met before. I really like that story. I like that the older gentleman ghost tucked them in when it was cold and that he was a very protective force over the family. I'm guessing he probably had kids in his life. Yeah, I would imagine so. Or, you know, that being the servants' quarters that they lived in could be he took care of the kids in the the main house. The main house. Sure. So that was his role. Mm-hmm. That's what he knew how to do. I like those kinds of stories. Very interesting tale. Thank you for calling in and sharing that, or writing in and sharing that with us. It was a really, really good story. Hey, if you got a real ghost story, please do write in or call in to the show. Uh, the wait to get your written stories in, it's gotten a bit shorter. Halloween season is done, so uh, you'll get your uh, story on here a lot quicker than the, uh, what we're up to, like a 30-day, 60-day or so wait for a while there. But we've gotten through them. So uh, please, uh, please do write in your real ghost stories to us. And right now, if you have any uh, any Christmas-themed ghost stories or holiday-themed ghost stories, uh, we'd love to hear them. That would be great. That would be great for some of our uh, upcoming holiday episodes. Of course, you do that through the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Or, of course, you can always just call in, too, uh, at 855-853-4802, 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. Let's go to a caller on that line at 855-853-4802. All right. So the, uh, but this is Steve out of Kentucky. We're going to try to do the, the ghost specter, uh, the ghost rider uh, out in, in Fort Raleigh, Kansas. Um, we were out doing maneuvers in December. It was it was cold, a little bit of snow falling. And through the trees, we seen this blue mist uh, kind of walking through the brush and we didn't have any certain form until it got to the other end uh, and myself and a buddy of mine was sitting on the front of the tank and the uh, as soon as it got to the end of the trees you could make out this this horse and a man on top of it but it was very very faint it wasn't you just you just couldn't really make out any fine details other than what it was well in the spring come my, the, the same buddy of mine uh, we both like to fish, and there's several ponds, and you get permission. You're allowed to go out there as long as it's cleared uh, through your NCO. So we, we went fishing, and we're we're night fishing, and um, I had the lanterns out. And we had a little spotlight with us, and we heard a rustling in the trees, and so we, we, we turned the spotlight back to look, and uh, we seen nothing. We were looking for animal eyes or something, and we, we just couldn't see anything. So we, we went back to fishing and talking and telling stories, and a few minutes later there was that same rustling and we, we shined the light back and as soon as we turned back there's a man on a horse and I mean it was 1920 soldier right on the horse and it, it, I was still pretty young at this is 10 years 12 years ago oh crap it's been 15 years ago I'm getting too old but um, yeah it, there he was on the horse and it was probably one of the creepiest uh, horse well, the creepiest ghost I've ever seen it was the only 
true full body specter. There was no miss. You can make out every detail. Uh, it was a man there. We both seen him and then he was gone. I was up front gate one time waiting for my parents to come in on a visit and this old man pulls up or it's a couple with the old man in the back and uh, he uh, was they were asking about a few things where they could go see a few things and turns out this old man was on the post uh, used to be in the cavalry and he said there was a, a man named George I don't remember his name that he, that he said but he said has anybody ever seen George and we're like what and he said yeah George was a guy who uh, that we didn't know about a, a, a big snowstorm coming in. He went and took his horse out on a, on a ride, uh, got lost in it, and, and froze to death. Now, whether that story is true or not, I don't know, but uh, I thought it was pretty cool. It had a good uh, good backstory to the whole thing. So uh, I guess I got it all in on this, this message, and uh, it's one of my favorite ones out of Fort Riley. And, and like I said, I, I really think you all should investigate that place. It really is, really is remarkable. So we will... Uh, I'll have some more for you here. I'll call you back. Hopefully I don't take as long to call back next time. But, uh, you know, uh, if you remember, I have a, a one-year-old baby at my house. So my time and my uh, my sleep is limited. So uh, keep up the good work, guys. Hope to, to hear it on the air. Bye. Really? Having a one-year-old limits your sleep? Or? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Thanks for uh, calling in and sharing your story with us here at Real Ghost Stories uh, Online. What do you make of that? Well, there is quite a few stories from Fort Riley. Since mm-hmm. he told us to look into it, I did. And there's actually an annual ghost tour that you can really? take up there. Yes. And it's in October. Okay. Um, they get special permission to do that. And it's more of a tour of the older historic buildings that are there. It's still an active like yes. base, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So there's, you know, the story of the, the lone rider, which yeah. that's a not a, a common one, but that's one of the more well-known of the ghost stories up there. Okay. And there's a few others. Somebody that fell in a well and drowned herself, and it's got a lot of history, and the buildings are all limestone, the old ones. Okay. So they think that's playing into the fact that it's holding a lot of energy. Sure. That'd be interesting. We should look at doing that next year. I think we should. That'd be really fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for writing or calling in your story. I've been saying writing into the calls and calling into the writers today. Um, Get hi. your shit straight. How are you? Good. I'm really offended. You should be. I'm just... <laughs> you get whipped after the show. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Okay, well, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Jessica writes in, hi, Jenny and Tony. This is my second time writing in. I told the story of a little boy riding on the uh, other side of the fridge as I made myself a snack at night. I thought you and Jenny's take on ghost children was interesting, especially since most of my encounters have been with ghost children. I have another story about ghost children from when I was a child. When I was 10 years old, my family moved to a bigger house. I was super excited because for the first time, I'd have a bedroom apart from my two sisters. My mom was in the back of the house on uh, the right side of the downstairs portion of the house, and my sister's room was on the left. Right outside my room was a bathroom. My mother had recently lost her youngest brother, and she was coming out of the deep mourning stage. Uh, so my stepdad, my siblings, and I most of uh, did most of the unpacking and arranging the furniture. We'd been there a few weeks, 
and I was putting the finishing touches on my room. All that was uh, left uh, was my book collection. I didn't have a bookcase, so I lined all my books up on the top of a chest of drawers. I'd moved right next to the door. I'd already pulled all of the books up on the shelf using a uh, half-full two-liter bottle I'd been taking swigs from as I worked to keep the end closet to the door from falling over when I reached down to get the other bookend. As I got up to put the bookend on the chest, I looked up just in time to see a little girl in a full red dress pass by my room. She had sort of a run trot motion going on. She was looking behind her, giggling as if someone was chasing her. As she passed my room, she reached into my room, pushed the bottle of soda and books to the floor. She ran into the half bath, slammed the door, and I distinctly heard the push button lock, the kind that made the pop sound when you locked the door. Thinking that the girl was one of my sisters, I immediately became angry and ran to the half bathroom, turning the doorknob and beating on the door, screaming, open the door and you're going to pick these books up. But there were no sounds in the locked bathroom. After about a minute of this, not getting a response and my sister not unlocking the door, I marched to the living room to tell my mother and stepfather what had happened. I came into the living room, began to tell my story to my parents, but when I mentioned her name, both my sisters and my brother popped up from behind the couch. They'd been playing Uno back there for the past few hours. Shocked, I ran back to the bathroom and twisted the knob. It opened this time to an empty bathroom. A short time after, my stepfather, concerned with the reason I was having trouble sleeping at night or being alone in any part of the house, asked me what was wrong. I told him my story, and to my horror, he laughed and teased me for months after. This made me self-conscious, especially since this was not the first time I had seen something that didn't make sense to my young mind. I was not yet aware of the paranormal world because of his reaction. I didn't talk about my experiences with anyone else. I'm now in my late 20s, and a few years ago, when my husband and I bought our house, my mother moved in for a few months to help me get started, as my husband was still in the military and wasn't due home for a while. As we hung pictures on the walls late one night, my mother grew quiet and had a strange smirk on her face. I asked her what was on her mind, and she asked me if I remembered our first few months in the old house, and I replied I did. She told me that one night she got up a little after midnight. She had felt guilty because she was not helping arrange the house as much as everyone else was, so she came down to the hallway outside of our rooms to hang pictures. This was a point after my encounter, so I had begged both my sisters to sleep in the bed with me. She started to hang pictures and began to hear the sound of children laughing, talking, and playing with toys in my sister's room. She's told us to go to bed hours ago. She'd come to scold us for still being awake. She said as she turned the corner, she noticed the room was dark and the sounds had stopped. She turned the light to an empty room. She came over to check on us girls, but we were all sleeping, snoring even. She never mentioned anything to us because she didn't want to scare us. Thank you for reading. I look forward to hearing my story on the show. Still have many more ghost stories to come. I think it speaks volumes that two of her more two of her more vivid experiences involved ghost children. So that tells me that ghost children are comfortable showing themselves to her. 
Do you remember the details of the first story? Yeah. Uh, she was home alone with their three-year-old son, and he had a habit of kind of getting out of bed, and she'd have to send him back. Well, she had the fridge door open, and she was getting some snacks out, and she saw little feet under the fridge. And so she was kind of like, oh, go back to bed. Okay. And she closed the door to see the kid turn and run off, but she knew when she saw it, it wasn't her son. Her son, she went and checked, was mm-hmm. fast asleep, and... That was kind of the end of it, but she had a little ghost boy in her, I don't know if it was an apartment or a house. Sure. So, since she's had two children show themselves to her, I guess she gives off something that makes them feel comfortable. Assuming they're children. Yeah, but... I do. They haven't done anything else. I don't really get the vibe on these that they're anything other than... No. Children. And that would make sense. I mean, kids in real life are drawn to people that they feel comfortable around. That's right. I mean, so I guess probably it's not that much different, you know, if you are a ghost child and are legitimately a ghost child, you're still kind of dealing with the same reasoning that you probably had in real life, except you're a ghost. They're very good judges of character. Yeah, exactly. A very interesting story. Thank you for writing in and sharing that with us. We do greatly appreciate that. Our number is 855-853-4802. Hey, if you listen to us on iTunes, take the five seconds, if you would. Leave us a little positive review there. About five stars would be lovely if you enjoy the show. Um, Helps us grow. Helps us go uh, go up in the rankings. And in turn, other folks find our show. And more ghost stories come in. You get a better show. It's a win-win for everybody. So if you like the show, we put hours and hours and hours into this thing every single week. Five minutes of your time to, uh, or five, you know, probably like a minute really is all you really would take. To leave a little review there would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So thanks in advance for that. Lee writes in, hey guys, my name is Lee Williams from Lexington, Kentucky. First off... I want you to know that I love your show. My children and I listen all the time. I wrote in a few months ago about a phone call from a dead friend. Don't know if you ever got it. I have several stories, but this one is one that will always haunt me. Do you recall the dead phone call story? I honestly don't. We're getting to the point where I'm having trouble remembering everybody's You're story. a hell of a lot better at this than I am for recalling stories, though. I try. I really do. And I don't, I just, it doesn't sound familiar to me. Once you start telling me, like that last one, I said, you know, do you call it? Okay, I got it. When she started telling me, like, I do recall the details of it, but I'm not good at like, bam, 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 bam. (laughs) This story was this or that, but. uh, That's why you keep me around. Exactly. And that's pretty much it, really. That's. Yep. That's about it. Just being honest. That's. (laughs) (laughs) Warning, this is going to be a long story, but I'll try to keep things brief. This one takes place again. When I was 19, I was living in my home in London, uh, Kentucky. I was dating this guy. We've gone to junior high and high school together. He was my boyfriend's best friend. Me and that guy split. Years later, I met up with Jesse, and we hit it off. Two weeks into our relationship, we were talking on the phone, and we were talking about our deepest secrets. He then goes on to tell me he was possessed by a demon. Well, that's something fun to bring up. In dating conversation? I guess that shows how much he cared and trusted her. I I agree. Still a bit much to bring up and That's up there with like you Bella, I am a vampire kind of shit, you know? <laughs> it really is. 
<laughs> you just don't know what to do with that information once you get it. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> just read the story. You missed that on my uh, profile when we were meeting each other. Yeah. It's not really a topic on eHarmony. No. Have, you, have you ever been possessed on a scale of one to ten? No, it's not. <laughs> At first thought, wow, I'm dating a nut job. Weeks later, he began staying the night with me. He told me that when he sleeps, he has these nightmares that he's fighting against this demon. We drifted off to sleep, and sometime in the middle of the night, he ended up jerking so hard he woke me up. I sat up to watch him struggle against something I couldn't see or hear. His arms were by his side, and his hands were balled into fists. I watched as he was being attacked, and there was nothing I could do. I tried talking to my sister about it, who told me I was losing my mind. I wanted a witness. I called over my best friend Travis and told him what I saw. He didn't believe me, but agreed to stay anyway. Jesse came over, and we all had a great time laughing and talking. Eventually, we all decided to call it a night. Again, Jesse wakes me by his uncontrollable jerking. I woke up Travis and told him to help me. This time, things were worse. Scratches appeared across his chest, and his nose began to bleed. His cheeks became red as if something had punched him. This happened over and over when he stayed with me. Travis would stay every time to help clean up Jesse as he slept. We never told anyone, nor did we ever talk about it. A few times, I had to deal with the demon myself in order to have Jesse back for 24 hours. The demon would always call me his princess. Trust me, I know how this sounds. You can call the story bogus if you like, but I have numerous witnesses on the rest of the story. A few months later, Jesse and I parted ways, mainly because he wanted to protect me, so he left. I didn't hear from him again for eight years. One day, he just showed up on my doorstep. I was still very much in love with him. We picked up where we left off. We talked to the we had and how things ended. He'd finally got an exorcism a year after we split. I already knew because at that same time when it happened, the demon appeared at my house. He never spoke. He just stood in the end of my hallway. He appeared as a dark shadow, but I could tell what he was wearing. A suit and a cowboy hat. I told him all of this. Mind you, this was seven years prior. It was the last time I saw that demon until Jesse started coming back around. Then I would see the demon in several different places over the next few years. I even have friends tell me they have seen the man looming over me. The most recent was by a resident at my work. Mind you, I have moved away from my town of London, Kentucky, so when my resident asked me, Who's the man in the suit? I asked, What man? And she said, The man behind you. I turned, but I didn't see anything. I asked her what he looked like. She looked at me and says, He was wearing a suit and hat. I knew immediately. I knew. I finished up my job, went home and broke down. He had found me again. I've not seen this shadowy figure in quite some months. I hope I never do again. That's all for this one for now. If I see him again, I'll definitely let you know. Like I said, I know how this story sounds. I've asked myself so many times over the past ten years if I was imagining the whole thing, if I was only seeing what I wanted to, but I know he's real, and I know he's waiting. For what, I don't know, but he's attached to me somehow. Anyway, thanks for having a place where people like me can share things with you. I'm sorry the story is so long. Keep up the good work. Always, Lee. 
I wonder what it wants. You know, I mean, other than just to mess with her. I don't, I don't understand because it's, it's kind of like it's taken its interest off of Jesse and Jesse had the exorcism, but mm-hmm. now it's focused its time and energy on her, but it was still kind of following him. So I don't know. It's not completely gone. No, it's not completely gone. Now it's giving her trouble more so probably than him. I would just say be careful. Try to watch, I guess, for this, the symptoms of it trying to creep in. What's Jesse's background? Who knows? How did this thing show up to begin with? I mean, it was when Jesse kind of came around, right? Yeah. From what we sound, what we heard in the story. Um, I don't know. I, I think that might be something to examine. What's is there something going on with Jesse that you're not aware of? Yeah. That this thing's coming back continually. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, not that an exorcism is a, a fix-all or that it necessarily makes anything really go away for all that long of a period of time because we've heard plenty of stories where that is performed and still things go on without the people inviting it back in. But I don't know, I'm just trying to like figure out, you know, cover all the bases of what could be drawing this in. Well, one of the... I guess positives of their relationship is he's already kind of been through it. Sure. So he can kind of keep an eye on her to make sure. Same building? Yeah. But to make sure that she's not becoming possessed by it. But from eight years ago when this started. I don't know. That's um, I'm wondering maybe it's something to do with the property. Yeah. And just the mixture of Jesse, her, and the building. Is there something that is within the building that's being driven out by Jesse being there or his thought or presence or something of that nature? You know, it's like all the ingredients mixed together produce this like chemistry, essentially. Right. I don't know. Or I mean, eight years, you know, in your 20s, you can have quite a few different places of residence. Sure. So I don't know. That'd be, I don't know. A lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, and even with answers, probably not going to produce many answers on this end other than just more questions, really. Yeah. But thank you for uh, for sharing that story with us. Uh, a. Lewis writes in, uh, there was an old couple who lived next door to me. Sometimes I'd drop by to visit them and chat over a cup of tea or ask them if they needed something from the local shops. They treated me like a granddaughter. One day over tea, I asked the old woman why she never had children of her own. She went pale in the face and after a while told me this terrible and unbelievable story. She said that shortly after they had gotten married, the husband inherited an old house from his grandmother. It was located in the outskirts of the city. The grandmother had spent the last days of her life in a psychiatric hospital. Nobody knew exactly what happened to her. All that was known was that her hair had turned gray overnight and she went insane. Her house had been empty for many years. Nobody ever knew about the hidden evil that lurked within. The couple began to renovate the house, but things started going wrong from the start. Whenever they tried to do repairs, it seemed that they were taking one step forward and two steps back. They put up new wallpaper, but almost immediately it was covered in uh, damp and mildew and mold. They put in the new floor, but within days the floorboards were soggy and rotting. The couple's health health also began to decline. 
The husband had always been a strong and healthy young man, but he suddenly began to suffer from headaches at night. The wife discovered she was pregnant, but it wasn't long before she lost the baby. Because of all this bad luck, their parents suggested they should invite a priest to bless the home, which was the tradition of the time. This was the moment when the nightmare began. As soon as the priest arrived, the couple heard a loud ringing in their ears. They felt as if their heads would split apart. Throughout the wild, uh, throughout uh, the wild house, there permeated a disgusting smell. It was an unbearable stench that seemed to come from the pits of hell. Suddenly, a powerful breeze blew through the house, and the front window fell out of its frame. The glass fell on the priest and injured him, opening a deep gash in his head. The priest was so scared he ran into the street and was hit by a car. The young couple stayed with him and waited for the ambulance to arrive. As they were taking him away, the priest advised the couple to leave the house immediately. He said there was something evil in the house, and he promised that he would consult with his superiors in the church to find a way to help them. The couple wasn't able to move out of the house. They couldn't afford to rent another place, and their parents lived in a small apartment and had no room to take them in. They couldn't even sell the house because it had a bad reputation. Without understanding what was going on, the man with the woman were forced to go back to the house, which suddenly seemed very quiet, and they began to clean up after the unexplained events. The woman had a strange sensation of an unearthly presence in the house. She said that it was unusually quiet, like the calm before the storm. One day, they got a call from the priest who had tried to bless the house. He asked if he could bring two other priests with him and carry out a ritual to rid the house of evil. Of course, the young couple agreed. The man and woman met the three priests in a nearby park and handed over the keys of the house. They waited in the park for the ritual to be finished. Three hours later, the priests returned and told them that the house was now in order. The priests said they were surprised because while they performed the ritual, the evil in the house never showed itself once. After that, events began to develop at a frightening pace. One night, the wife had a terrible dream in which she saw thick black cowbells all over the house and heard a blood-curdling voice scream, Get out! Get out! The next morning, her husband was walking down the stairs when a chandelier that hung in the hall fell on him and broke his leg. While they were at the hospital, their oven somehow caused a fire and the entire kitchen burned down. Every day, something strange and terrible would happen that defied explanation. The last straw came when the young wife was at the top of the stairs and she felt something strong push her down the stairs. When she was in the hospital, the doctor said that due to her injuries, she would never be able to have children. The couple left the evil old house and rented a small, cheap attic room in a building on the other side of the city. This quiet little closet seemed like paradise to them compared to their house of evil. A few months later, the man found out that all three priests who had performed the ritual in the house were dead. They had been overseeing some renovations on their church, and a heavy crucifix had fallen off the wall and crushed them. The wife was horrified by the news and decided to dig through the archives to find out about the history of the house, and she discovered that it had once been owned by a rich man with a terrible legacy. He devoted his life to evil. He was a Satanist, and police suspected that he performed satanic rituals in the house that involved blood sacrifice and murder. 
A number of children in the area had gone missing. When the police knocked on his door, the rich man locked himself in his office and shot himself in the head. He was buried outside the cemetery and without a funeral service. It was after that terrible incident that the strange and terrible things began to occur in the house. All the subsequent tenants who stayed in that house would not live in it for a very long time. They were constantly changing and running away. When the husband's grandmother came to live in the house, she was a young and beautiful woman. She married several times, but every one of her husbands died in the house under mysterious circumstances. By the time she was an old woman, she hoped that all the troubles associated with the house were over, but something terrible and incomprehensible must have happened there one night that drove her out of her mind. When the sinister building was demolished, many people saw a strange black cloud rising into the sky. All the birds in the trees seemed to flee from it. When she finished her story, the old woman said that today the place is now a road, and that the exact spot where the evil one stood there are often fatal car accidents. Okay. Well, that's opening up a can of worms when you ask an old woman a question. It is. I think when I'm old and senile that's the story i want to tell just to freak people out i'm gonna tell shit like that to our grandkids <laughs> yeah that's a that's a heck of a story yes that is a heck of a story <laughs> that's that was a very good ghost story thank you for writing in and uh, and sharing that with us our phone number is uh, 855-853-4802 if you'd like to call in a real ghost story to us of course, you can always write into the website at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, all right, uh, EPP bonus episode number sixteen. It goes out on Saturday morning. If you want it, become an EPP before that time. That's when the weekly email goes out. You get that email with the new episode and links to all fifteen of the past episodes as well. That should tide you over for the weekend. It's only five bucks a month. You sign up on the website realghoststoriesonline.com. Click become an EPP. Support the show if you like it, and you get a little something-something for that support. All right, until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs>